Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ahoy there! Ahoy there! Ahoy there, listener! Um, I know what you're thinking. He's going to spin me another story about why Martin can't present the show this week and... um, I don't want to disappoint you. Martin isn't here. Uh, but, very excitingly, uh, we have now have it copper-plated. Um, we now have it double-padlocked. I'm going to sound like Boris Johnson making a speech. We've got it confirmed, is what I'm trying to say, that Martin is going to be here. There is going to be a new episode of Time Ghost at the beginning of March. Are you sure? I heard you say. I thought Martin was was probably going to have another problem with his gates. Well, no, fear not. Even though a um, a, a, a Roman bathhouse (brackets brothel) was found underneath the site of the gates, common sense has prevailed, and Martin got a last-minute injunction with the council. And thankfully, a bulldozer is going in there this weekend and taking it all out and none of it has to be kept for the local museum. So that's a really, really great result, I think. Um, really pleased for him. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Uh, he can just use that as rubble, really. He can use that to fill in. I, mean, I don't know if he wants to build himself a, a sauna or something, you know, uh, close to the house, perhaps a pizza oven. He can just use all that, uh, you know, that mosaic, mosaic and everything. He can just use that as landfill, which is great. Um, so anyway, that's brilliant. Um I'm just going to, uh, I'm just going to fill in for one last time with uh, what I think is a rather corking episode, actually, uh, from the Time Ghost Archive. So uh, pin back your lug holes and enjoy this perennial treat. Here we go. Uh, A classic from the Time Ghost Archive. The last classic before we have a brand new episode at the beginning of March. Crosses both fingers. Enjoy. Ahoy there. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Time Ghost. I'm Martin Bain-Jones. I'm Craig Children. You're Craig I was going to... I just left a little pause there in case you wanted to dive in and... I thought you'd just gone mental. Yeah, but no, you, you're right. You were, no, you were teeing it up for There was me, method to my mentalness. Well, yeah, anyway, welcome back. Hope welcome. you're enjoying the podcasts. Come on, but, um, come on, get out with it. Let's get it out. You, I believe, because you came in with that... You came in with that little, little knowing look on your face. I do. I Which have is a the one you is the one you wear when you've got a red hot taboo. I know. We haven't done this for a while. We haven't, no. But uh, I've got a I'd like to start by exploding a taboo. Blow it up now. Here it is. I'm just gonna step up to the plate and take a swing. Uh, you know, I don't care whose nose I'm putting out a joint. I don't care whether the ball stays in the park or goes right up over the boundary wall. Over the stands. Over the stands. Here it is. Method acting yes. is shit. Actually, yes. Sorry, I'm, that wasn't a silence of uh, yeah. of the world being torn in half or, you know, the, the, the veil of the temple being 
rent in twain. Uh-huh. Um, that was me just thinking, was well, that it? No, well, no, it's topical, man. Yes, well, it is. It is topical. It's topical I think... because of what's happened on Spooks. Of course, either you're thinking about the waterboarding, I believe. The uh, story is, of course, Richard Armitage uh, was waterboarded. And he insisted on doing it properly. Yes, that's right, yeah. Uh, it's a form For of four torture, seconds, Martin. I seem to remember. Well, it's actually seven seconds, I think. Seven seconds. I, I've, I know an actor who once rode a pig naked for about three minutes for a sitcom. Was it called Beast? Might have been. Yeah. Anyway, he can, wrote... Can you he remember wrote his a, name? I can't forget now. I think it was... He was awfully good. Can't remember now, but anyway, he... a bit like Quentin Tarantino. Or Wayne Rooney, perhaps. <laughs> no, 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 no. Anyway, so he was he was waterboarded, and um, as you say, for only seven seconds. At which point, um, you know, this has been headline news. One feels a little cheated. One thinks, is this simply a publicity stunt? One maybe has to go to the BBC iPlayer and look at uh, look at that episode of Spooks, and maybe it might all have been worth it. That one man's pain. I think it's very interesting. This uh, whole. Uh, Debate that occurs from time to time about method acting, and here, yes. and perhaps I didn't express my um, taboo clearly enough. My taboo is I don't mean it's just shit. I mean it doesn't actually exist. That's what I mean. Yes, I don't think there is such a thing as method acting. No, I I, I think it's the the last retreat, the last resort of a, of a deadly earnest person who seems to think that by earnestness they shall achieve. You know, I think yeah, you know, very famously, wasn't it? Uh, wasn't it Gielgud who just said, why don't you just act, to someone like Dustin Hoffman, I believe it was? I believe it was actually uh, Laurence Olivier was that, in oh, Marathon Man. Oh, right, well, there uh, you because go. Because Dustin Hoffman, uh, who was obviously playing the eponymous um, sporty hero, right. uh, was going off and sort of running around Central Park uh, when in scenes where he had to appear out of breath. He'd go off and run a marathon and then come into the room and everyone would have to sit there waiting while he went off and ran around Central Park he come in absolutely exhausted. And after this had been going on for a couple of days, that's what Laurence Olivier says. Why don't you just act, dear boy? Um, in other words, save us all a lot of bother. Save us all a lot of bother um, and stop being so damn earnest. Because I think it God, just... how tedious. But I think, you know, if you think of the famous examples of method acting, um, what would they be? What would, they, what would be in your top, well, I'll tell top you what. three method acting stories? Well, any film, famously, any film by Mike Lee, of course. Mike... Uh, makes everyone live their characters for about three months before he starts filming. I did hear a brilliant story about that, actually. There's a, a friend of a friend who's in a Mike Lee film and said that one of the actors on the film, uh, well, at the initial cast discussion, says, well, you know, they were, they were rehearsing, obviously, in London. He said, well, I, I've decided my, my character lives in, uh, in Brighton. And they, said, and they said, really? He said, yeah, so, so I'm just going to go off and live in Brighton. And he just... He just took the money, just lived in Brighton for the entire entire rehearsal process. Um, and, in fact, for the entire filming and process, the entire which, filming. which was a shame. Yeah, because he no, was in Brighton. The film was, film, he was, was actually Brighton. set in London. He said, no, I can't come. I, mean, I live in Brighton. My character but, lives in Brighton. I can't possibly well, he come to filming. just sent the odd postcard. I mean, yes. but it, it kind of does point up the... Uh, the lunacy. The lunacy of the whole thing. Anyway, so that's Mike, Mike Lee, number one. OK, I'll carry on. Um, well... Robert De Niro, isn't he a famous sort of... Basically, I think it's people who, have, who are sort of sociopaths, people who just can't get on with their fellow man and have absolutely nil empathy with their fellow man, have, therefore, to sort of do this great smokescreen. Oh, God, I've thrown myself 
Daniel Day-Lewis. I think you're on the cusp of mentioning earlier, of course. But my, my theory would be, you see, yes. that um, I mean, I've got no proof of this whatsoever, but that if you were, were actually to go and observe these people doing what they do, they're not method acting at all. They're not living the character at all. They're basically bullying people. This that's is my, essentially true, yeah. That's my theory. The problem with method acting, I think, as John Hurt famously said, is what does everyone else do? Yes. Well, I've just thought of another method actor slash bully. Russell Crowe, famously on the set of Master and Commander, yeah. um, insisted for the eight months or however long it took them to make that, uh, that, that masterpiece. Uh, it's a very good film, Master and Commander. It was a good film. I'm, I'm, the trouble is I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big Patrick O'Brien fan, see, so I, I, take very, I, I take the casting of Russell Crowe in the Jack Aubrey role ill. I take it ill. I take it like a slap in the face. But anyway, he appeared uh, at the first read-through stood up and addressed everyone in his finest... He said stood up in a dress. I thought, God, that is that is incredibly method. No, he, well, well uh, it would have he been. He stood up in a dress. Well, I think... Um, and, I think uh, um, he said, gentlemen, from now on, I shall be... Called Russell. Russ, Russella. Russella. Crowina. Ruzil. Um, and uh, I'll thank you not to make any personal comments... Yes. ...about my... Um, about my... My lovely floral... My floral out, outfit. yes. yes. Thank you very much. Very good. Well, no, he stood up and said, he said, gentlemen, he said, which I think that's marvellous. I'm, I'm being ironic. He, uh, he said, uh, from now on, I, I won't answer to, to, to Russell or Mr Crow. Like that, or Mr Crow. Yeah. Yeah, right. I will, I'll only answer to Sir, Captain or Commander. Preferably Commander, presumably. Yeah, and I know this. I've been told this because a friend of mine was, was, was there who promptly got up after that read-through, bought his ticket home and told Peter Weir where to stuff Master and Commander and uh, was thenceforth not in the film. Isn't that interesting? Interesting. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, um, would, you, would you be willing to be waterboarded, Martin, for, for a well, while? Well, I mean... Say you get a part I'd, be, I'd be curious to, to watch Armitage being waterboarded and then after that, if I felt I could proceed... I wouldn't mind trying it myself, of course. I'm happy, on the other hand, perfectly happy for the sake of drama, were I to be playing a waterboardee, um, and I very much hope one day to do that, perhaps in a, in a fringe theatre production above a pub somewhere in Camden. If I felt it would help the drama, I, uh, I would be delighted to... Uh, to have Richard Armitage have waterboarded. Richard Armitage waterboarded. But I'm, and apart from that, I, no, I'm very happy to. Uh, I'm very happy to take people's word for it. I'm, I imagine they wouldn't use it as a, as a method of torture if it wasn't mildly unpleasant. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just take their word for it. It's probably not very nice. I've, um, I've got a friend who was in something with Richard Armitage. Oh yes. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it's funny to see him referred to as a, uh, as a method actor in this in this article because. Yes. Uh, I mean, he did have an intense preparation, uh, as I recall my friend telling me, um, which seemed to, uh, I mean, essentially, he, he was absolutely ruthless. He would set his alarm clock. Yes. The alarm clock would go off. He'd get in the shower. Yes. He'd get in the car. Yes. Uh, he'd drive to the set. Yes. He'd have some breakfast. Yes. And he'd start acting. I mean, that was day in, day out. I mean, whatever... I mean, he, he, there was no was, uh, there was no end of lengths to which oh, he'd on. go to. He would drive to the set. So he what? He's playing a chauffeur, maybe. Uh, no, 
no. He was was playing, he playing? Was, and that was he playing an actor or in in a film? No, no, he wasn't playing an actor in a film. Was he playing a a, a trencherman, a man of of great appetite? He was playing a baddie in a 1930s myst- murder mystery. It was called... I'll tell you what it was called. It was a remake. Um, it was called Malice of Forethought. Oh, that was brilliant. Who, who was in that? I don't know. Can't Who's your remember. friend? Can't remember. Can't remember. Can't remember his name. <laughs> Can't remember his name. Oh. Looks a bit what? like Rob Brydon. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Martin, have you been watching on uh, the BBC, the Electric BBC, um, a wonderful programme about class, which... uh, John Prescott. I want, I want to say it? stars John Prescott. Yes. Um, I think that's what it does. I think it stars John Prescott. And he, well, he's the host, he's the presenter, is he? He's the presenter, he's the subject. It's quite an, it's quite an interesting uh, new hybrid of programme because it purports to be, I think at least this was probably the way John Prescott had it pitched to him. Yes. Um, it purports to be an investigation by John Prescott yes. into class in Britain. Um. And when really, in fact, it's a it, comedy. It's a comedy about how <laughs> what a dinosaur John Prescott is. Every time he comes into shot, they put a tuba sound on. I've heard this little jaunty tuba. Yes. It's really massively unfair. I mean, he has been... He has been... Tubby the tuba. Yeah, he has been well stitched up. Tuba is, is the fat man's instrument, I think, isn't it? Whereas the flute would be more... If uh, if Peter Mandelson came out, or no, a bassoon. A bassoon, a sly bassoon. Sly bassoon for Peter Mandelson. Oh, that's a rubbish bassoon. Tony Blair, he might be a little sort of um, rattle. No, Tony Blair. No, no, he's a slinky, jazzy trumpet. Tony Blair. He's a ja- he's a he's a trumpet in the hands of a Cuban trumpeter. With all the brass and the, all the jangle, the jingle and the jangle. Um, what would Gordon Brown be? It's like we're doing an impression Gordon show, isn't Brown. it? Gordon Brown. It's like a weird impressions show. It is. But what would Gordon Brown? Oh, hello. Yeah. But Here. what would Peter Mandelson say if he met John Prescott? Yes. Well, there was a young musician's guide to the to, guide to politics, guide to the cabinet. Yeah. Gordon so- Brown. Well, he's a, I think he's a, he's a sort of, he's a double bass, isn't he? Yeah. Or is he a... No, no, he's not. <laughs> no, not, an, not now, you, now you put it like that. Maybe, I think maybe he's a timpani, Gordon Brown. 
David Willits is an Ons Martino. Oh, that sounds yes. nice. What's one of those? Ons Martino. Oh, it's, it was a, an instrument introduced by Stockhausen. I'm guessing a guy called Martino must have been. Stockhausen, it. the one who's he doesn't actually write any music. Like oh, that? that'll be him. Yes. Yeah. He um, it basically writes music that sounds. And Ons like... Martino just makes no sound whatsoever. Oh no, it does. It's, it's it, it it has a sort of pattern of a keyboard, and it has a ring with a bit of string on it. That the, and the ring is worn on the the thumb of the uh, of the person playing it, and he pulls the string up, and the sound goes. Like, that was very... A bit like a pheromone. A little bit like a pheromone. It's a. It was a sort of. It was a forerunner of the of the synthesizer, of course. Wow. Yeah, that's right. But uh, Stockhausen famously wrote music that, well, sounds just like things falling out of a cupboard. Ooh. You know. But um, back to the issue of class, though, because it's uh, it's it's a it's a massive subject. Class has been our um, it's been our great legacy, really. I mean, however much one uh, one might abhor the class system in Britain, I mean, one could discuss all sorts of reasons for it existing and continuing to exist. Possibly, it's something to do with the size of our of our nation. You know, that we're a very small island. We're we're an island that that's been invaded from from every side. You know, we've had the Frenchies from the south. We've had a sort of American cultural invasion from the west, obviously. And um, we've had, uh, well, we've had we've had marauding bands of you name it. We've had Vikings. We've had Goths. We've had Picts and Celts. And it's like it's like we're some poor little starlet, and Russell Brand's been at us. We've we've had it. We've had it from all angles. Yeah. But it's Possibly, I'd say some of the the more filigreed points of the of the class debate aren't going to be. Aren't going to be brushed by the the stodgy hand of Prescott. I can't imagine he's going to. Well, it's funny. We do like presenting arguments in a dialectic, don't we? I mean, it's always very always annoys me about you know uh, newspaper headlines and and television programs work much the same way. So, for example, with um, you know with John Prescott, it's you know the thesis and antithesis are class no longer exists. On the one hand, does class no longer exist? On the other hand, has class not changed? For the last hundred years, and you think it's probably somewhere between the two. I can save you all a lot of bother. Don't don't make the program. It's probably somewhere between the two. That's where we're going to end up. Somewhere between the two. It's like those newspaper headlines that you say. You know, um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Give me give me give me any subject, and I'll tell you what they would put in the newspaper headline. Okay, the subject is this. So, say say Madonna. Say for, for example. Okay, all right, Madonna. All right, any subject. So, sorry. Involving Madonna, huh? To so say they'd say Madonna colon, um, uh, the Peter Pat of pop, or aged wizened hag? Question mark. That, that that's basically uh, the formula of every single headline. Oh, I see. I see. see. So you say David Cameron. Sorry, I have to go stop there. Peter Pat. I like that. <laughs> that's, so what well, we've kept Peter. <laughs> we've kept Peter as the, as the masculine bit, and Pat's what. Pat. <laughs> what? Pat. Was that surely the surely the Petra Pan? <laughs> Petra Pan. Sorry, yeah. The Petra Pat. Should have been that would have been my Peter Pat. <laughs> the Peter Pat of tiny footprints. Yes, of course. But the 
That's like um. Well, Pat, it's, it's, it's an extra bad choice because Pat is a sort of unisex name as well. Pat could it be is. a man. It's like I've changed it to <laughs> Peter Pan to you know Peter Michael or something. Uh, that doesn't make Peter Mandelson. Peter Mandelson. Um, but anyway, you the know, Peter hill walking, yes. hill walking, uh, hill walking colon a glorious taste of the outdoors or an utter waste of time. That's that's basically every. Every yes. newspaper headline that you see. Now I've mentioned it, you'll notice it. Yes. It's starting to get on your nerves. I promise you. I mean, do you. Yes. You, you're for culture. culture. Method acting or give my regards to Broad Street. Yes. Essentially. P- perfect. There perfect. We go. Now you get it. There we go. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm now getting you get it. Basically, you're going the colour spectrum. You have to fill in here. Yeah. Red. The colour spectrum. Uh, or all just... the colours of the rainbow or just. Just too many bloody colours. Well, our train is about to leave, the, the cultural train. The, the, the platform is obliterated with steam. Um, just the detritus of, of parting lovers, waving hankies. Why hankies? I've never quite understood. Were the Victorians partially sighted? I don't know. What's wrong with a simple hand? Well, they just... They just loved to do things properly, didn't they? Well... I can't, I can't wave my, you know grubby hand out of the window. I have to wave a nice clean hanky. Nice clean hanky. Well, it's not going to be clean for, for long if you wave it on a, smuts in it, on a smutty, smutty platform. platform. Anyway. Anyway. Off we go. Off we go. Goodbye. We're waving our stovepipe hats. You're running alongside. Window. You're running alongside. Don't worry. The doors are locked. There's no way you're getting on board. We're off. We're off. Bye. Goodbye from me, Martin Bain Jones. And me, Craig Children. Time Ghost was written and created by Alexander Armstrong and Ben Miller. This episode was originally released by The Times in 2008, and it was produced by John Davenport and edited by Ed Ryland. Time Ghost is a hat-trick podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.